The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Eamon, thank you very much. You're listening to The Hard Shoulder here on News Talk. Kieran Cuddy with you until seven o'clock, and I'm very, very happy because Ashling Larkin is back, the TV chef and the mindful eating coach. And as always, she has brought food. You brought a full dinner. It's often snacks. This is a dinner this now is you've a brought. Dinner. This is the ultimate comfort food. Today we are talking about comfort food. The days are getting darker, a bit colder, a bit chillier, mm. a bit more wintry. So we're starting naturally to gravitate towards those classic comfort foods. So what I've brought you today is a beautiful slow-cooked shin of beef stew. So classic stew. So I put out a poll on my Instagram. What are people's classic favourite comfort foods? And this came back as one. And I've done it with this beautiful, creamy, um, like almost like Michelin star mash. And it's sprinkled with a little wow. bit of smoked salt, How garnished with a little bit of pea shoots. Does one make their mash Michelin starred? Well, rumour has it, allegedly, it is 50% potato and 50% fat. So let's say you're doing 500 grams of potatoes, you're going to use 125 grams of butter and 125 grams of cream to match your 500 grams of potatoes. Wow. Okay. This wow. is going to be delicious. Delicious. Um, okay, I'm going to hold off eating it for just a moment. Out of curiosity, you asked people, and this is what came back uh, number one in the poll, what would you have voted for? What's your ultimate comfort food? You know what mine is? Mine is um, toast. Okay. Butter. Hot butter toast, but good bread toast and marmalade. And the reason being is um, it comes from, from my grandmother, being with my nanny. Um, okay. My mom used to go to work. I used to get dropped to my grandmother's. I was a little bit lonely, I think, sad. And then nanny would bring me in, sit me beside the fire, and I got tea and toast. And there was these local people who made this delicious marmalade. Marmalade, and that's my comfort food. If I have a bad day like or a busy day coming okay. up, I, that's what I will do first. I will go to the kitchen, sit on my own, peace and quiet, a little bit of darkness. I will have my tea, my toast, my marmalade and that's my comfort food. Because um, that's an interesting insight into comfort food and comfort eating because there's a kind of a social conditioning there to is. it, isn't there? There really, really is. So I suppose the Oxford Dictionary will define comfort eating as the act of eating something to make yourself feel happier rather than eating because you're hungry. So what we're trying to do in terms of comfort is we're almost negating or trying to shift our emotional state from negative to positive. So in a lot of times comfort eating is kind of linked to emotional eating a little bit where we we feel sad or rejected or lonely or angry or stressed or we feel discomfort and we're trying to soothe, we're trying to ease, we're trying to regulate the body to bring us back to this place of kind of balance and calm. And one of the quickest, easiest, simplest accessible ways of doing that is through food. And we grew up with this kind of social conditioning of, you know, you're a kid and you fall and you have a bump and it's, well, here's a chocolate bar, here's a lollipop. And it was done to quieten you and to appease you and to distract you. Shut you up. Totally. Not that food actually fixed the bump or the bash or whatever it was. And then you have all this like Hollywood movies, rom-coms where, you know, girl gets dumped, girl is then standing in front of freezer with tub of ice cream and spoon and comforting with food. And, you know, that's what we've kind of been conditioned to believe that food will do that for us. And I'm not saying that in essence, it doesn't. Like in some capacities, it does. But it just as long as it doesn't become your only comfort, your only crutch. Okay. I think that's really, really important. Um, but it does, uh, um, I suppose, forge these connections then. Uh, like being given the lollipop or whatever it happens to be when you're hurt, like as a kind of a bam, almost. Like that forges some sort of connection in your brain that when you're older, you reach for that bam again, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. You're looking for... That love, that care, that kindness, that compassion, that empathy, that soothing, that 
that person was giving you in that moment. When you are sad or lonely, that's that's what you're trying to get back or you're angry or you're stressed. And it can also be linked, I suppose, to negating those negative emotions. But also it's, it's to that nostalgia piece or that social connection that, you know, I have that memory of my grandmother. Maybe you've, you know, it's people who've just started college and they've moved away from home. And they're lonesome for a family and they want to cook or replicate that family meal that always, you know, they always had on a rainy mm. Tuesday or it's, you know, somebody's emigrated and you find them walking the aisles of a foreign supermarket trying to find some food that brings them that homely connection because it's that social connection. Uh, if they're just high in fat and sugar though as well, they just make you feel good. Yeah, they do. Short term, don't they? They absolutely do from a <laughs> physiological level. And a lot of research has been done on this. They, they give us comfort. So it's all linked to dopamine. And dopamine is that reward. It's that pleasure. It's that motivating sensor in the brain. And when we eat foods that are high in sugar, fat and salt, they naturally give us that high, that dopamine high. And ultimately what that does is it does. It, it, it numbs the pain of that emotion that we're feeling, that we don't want to feel it anymore. It gives us this immediate high, distracts us, numbs us, gives us pleasure, And then all of a sudden we have, we've comforted ourselves with that food. And then we make those ties all the time. So that is that food, whatever it was, chocolate crisps, ice cream, was a tangible link to Mm. feeling good. And that's why we go back to them. And I guess as well for some people, and this is where the comfort food maybe is something that's not like that's quite healthy. What's in front of me? Um, Well, there's an awful lot of, as you say, there's a huge amount of butter and things in it. But anyway, by and large, it's healthy. Um, I mean, comfort food that is maybe less healthy. Um, and I know we don't want to get into kind of good and bad foods and all of that, uh, but uh, you can link it to kind of reward, can't you? Or kind of occasions, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think that kind of slightly dips out of the realm of comfort food, but it is. It, again, it goes back to that dopamine piece where it's celebration and it's fun and it's reward and it's a special occasion. And it's associated again with the with the dopamine and the fun and, and all of that. Um, so yeah, we do have those links to, to the reward, to the fun, to the social connection. And I suppose, again, it's that nostalgia and it's safety, you know, and a lot of times when we feel unsure or stressed or sad or, you know, lonely, whatever those negative emotions are for you, you want to go back to that safe place. You know, what was a safe haven? Was home? You know, what are those connotations, those kind of, I suppose, that calm, safe place? And that's what comfort food really quickly can do for us. Do, do other countries and cultures have comfort food? They do, yeah. And this one's really interesting in that we have, um, there's a Danish concept, which is huga, um, which is this, it was really trendy back in, I think, like 2018. And it was this trend of coziness, snuggliness, comfort. Oh, and that, yes. you know, you can light your candles, have your snuggly blanket, your fluffy slippers, your warm cup of tea. And this is your huga. Um, so, yeah, comfort food is kind of, I suppose, it's a tangible culinary representation of that, that it, you are doing that to yourself in that presence. The Italians, on the other hand, don't believe in comfort food at all. Well, all they eat is comfort food. See, that's it. So they're comforted all the time. Yeah. And they believe that food is joy life. and happiness and it's, you know, social and it's bringing people together around a table. So they don't eat just for fuel. Uh, the the, the draw, I'm, I'm reaching for it. I can't resist Do. this any longer. I'm, um, the drawback, I guess, is a lot of people then feel awful after their comfort food. They feel yeah. a bit guilty often, isn't it? There is. And there's studies out there that say that women feel regret, shame and guilt after like diving into comfort foods and indulging in comfort foods. Whereas men just see it as a reward that I earned and that's it. it does, that's probably We're probably kind of veering into body dysmorphia territory rather than, than food, I guess, uh, to a degree. I mean, no one should feel guilty after eating food. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It is all about balance. It's all about moderation. But there are 
mindful eating. So I'm trained in MBSR, which is mindful-based stress reduction. And there's so many mindful, really simple techniques that people can do. If you do find yourself emotionally eating a lot or comfort eating a lot, every now and again is totally fine. But the first thing is bring an awareness to it. What, what is this feeling? What am I feeling today? Investigate that feeling. Why am I feeling it? Just sit with the feeling. Like as humans, we don't like feelings of discomfort. We don't want to feel lonely, sad, hurt, angry. We run away from them. We try and prevent them. We try and numb them. So actually learning just to sit with those feelings for a little bit can be really, really important. That self-compassion piece, that self-forgiveness piece of kind of going, you know what? Yeah, things didn't go as I wanted. Things aren't working out. And finishing sentences with, and that's okay. I think the other piece is having that self-care toolbox where you can kind of go, yeah, I comfort eat every now and again. Everybody does. And that's Mm -hmm. okay. But as long as you've got other strategies like nature, music, running, social connections, all of those things. And I suppose the final one is what we're doing here today, which is discernment. This is quality, quality comfort food. This is local beef. I went to the local butcher. We discussed what cut of beef was going to be the best. It was shin, slow-cooked onions, garlic, rosemary, thyme, oregano, red wine, beautiful beef stock. Slow-cooked that for 10 hours. You know, so it's it's about quality. If you're going to do comfort food, do it good. Well, can I tell you how I'm feeling? I'm feeling hungry. So uh, I am going to eat this while you tell me about comfort food from around the world. (laughs) There's, yeah, so there, there's lots of, I suppose, mm. comfort foods. Um, it's good. Oh, Ashing, that's so good. Isn't it delish? Oh, it's so delicious. What what did you say you, you cooked the beef in? Um, So we had onions and garlic. Yeah. Um, there's butternut squash in there. And mm-hmm. then we had red wine, beef stock and oregano, rosemary and thyme. All oh, slow cooked for 10 hours. And it's the cut of meat because it had beautiful little bit of sinew marbled on a fat through the shin of beef. And he cut it for me so that it was almost like steaks. And then slow cook the steaks and then pulled them and shred them when the when the stew is cooked. Yeah, I get is is shin, is that the type of meat that if is it the type of meat that if you don't kind of cook it that way, it can be a bit tough. Oh yeah, I it would be really tough. Yeah, yeah. Cow is walking around and totally. It it's long. one of the working muscles. So it's yeah. one of the tougher cuts, but you get all of the benefit from the deep flavour, from this mm. from the muscle, from the fat. It's beautiful. Oh God, that's so good. I'm gonna keep going. And one of the other things about that is the sensory properties. So when we go to comfort food, we naturally crave creamy foods, velvety foods, smooth foods. So another one of those a lot of them that came up were things like apple crumble and custard. Oh, yeah. Uh, potato and leek soup, macaroni cheese, because again, you've got that velvety, creamy, luscious, creamy sauce. You've got the soft pasta. Think red wine as well. You know, whiskey, brandy, they're robust, they're velvety, they're smooth. We don't have that. We don't crave fizzy Prosecco or crunchy granola when we're when we want comfort yeah. foods. We want those soft, soothing, creamy foods. Yeah, some foods that are almost like those gay blankets or whatever exactly. they're called. It's like a hug to. on a plate. Like a hug on that is a great way to describe it. It's like a hug on a plate. It is absolutely delicious. I don't know how you're going to surpass yourself next week, Ashley. I know I've got the, a bit of a challenge on my that, hands. That is the cross you have to bear. Uh Ashley Larkin, TV chef and mindful eating coach. Thank you so much. And you can listen back to all previous editions uh, uh of Ashling's Culinary advice here on the Hard Shoulder. Uh, they're all up as podcasts. They're on the Go Loud app. Uh, Ashling will be back at the same time next week. Right now, though, we will get the business news after this very quick break. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.